So this teaching was actually posted, recorded on December 24th and, and uh, uploaded to YouTube first. And I'm just now getting it on our podcast platform. I apologize. I had a few technical difficulties over the last couple of days, but hey, it's still uh, an insightful teaching, going to be a blessing to you. So when you hear that it was uploaded on the 24th, know that there was a, a few delays, but still enjoy, uh, listen to the heart of the message and let it bless your Christmas, New Year's season and give you inspiration going into this next year of 2024. God bless you. What's up? I'm Joseph Csac. Thank you for checking out the Factor Points podcast and YouTube channel. Merry Christmas to you wherever you're watching from. Today is uh, Christmas Eve 2023 that I am posting this teaching and just something on my heart that I wanted to share with you to encourage you to really dive into something that I think is both a mystery and a miracle when it's on, when it comes to understanding something about the miracle of Christmas. There's so many miracles that surround the Christmas story, but this one kind of often goes under the radar, and it's the miracle slash mystery of the wise men who show up and bring gifts to Jesus and worship him. So before we get into what the mystery of this is, because if we dig into the mystery, it will reveal the miracle. We're going to look at the story in Matthew chapter 2. And I'll start with verse one. Now, know these wise men are often called magi or astrologers, diviners. Uh, there's lots of terms that they go by because of their profession, if you will. So check this out in Matthew chapter two and verse one. It says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So they come from the east. Here's We're going to talk about that coming from the east part a lot more in just a moment. But they come from the east and they come directly to the king, King Herod. Now, remember, he's he's king over Judea, but he's under the Roman emperor. So just keep that in mind that there's a, a, a higher authority over King Herod. He's he's allowed to be a Jewish king uh, or under the authority of the Roman emperor. They say, where is he? For we have saw uh, his star in the east and have come to worship him. So I'm going to fast forward through some of this. Herod kind of flips out and brings in his own uh, prophets, wise men, and so forth to say, hey, what does the Old Testament say about this? When is this Messiah supposed to come? Because Herod is threatened of, uh, uh, for his own rulership that this new king is coming, right? So Herod tells them, hey, uh, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. You guys go and you find him. When you find him, come and tell me so I can go and worship him too. But we know that's not really what Herod wants to do. Herod wants to kill Jesus, the coming king, so that he can try to retain his power. So I'm going to fast forward to uh, verse... <clears throat> Uh, let's see, nine, it says, after hearing the king, they went their way and the star which they had seen in the east. OK, so they first saw this star when they were at home in their own country in the east. OK, and they followed this star. Um, it, it says this it, in the east. It went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. It went on before them. 
means the star was moving, okay? The star was moving, and they these wise men followed the star. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, it says in verse 11, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream... Not to return to Herod, the Magi returned for their own country by another way. This has some mystery surrounding it, because if you know what's to see for us in the West, if you're watching this or listening to this and you're in the Western world, the East is the Middle East. Israel is East of where we are in the United States. But if you're in Israel, what was East of Israel during the time of Jesus? Well, the answer is Syria. Um, the answer is what we know as modern day Iraq was in the ancient world, Babylon. Okay. So we're talking pagan nations that were to the east of Israel. How is it? Here's the big mystery. How is it? See, they tell us the why. They say we're here because our why is because we know that the king of the Jews is being born, has been born, and we want to know where he is so we can worship him. That's their why for being there. The mystery is this. How? How is it that pagan wise men who are from a pagan nation like Babylon, probably, how is it that they are looking for a Jewish Messiah to be born and that they look to the stars and that they have accurately seen something and known that we got to go? Let's stock up our treasures. Let's go and find this baby king and worship him. Typically, anybody in that part of the world weren't looking to worship a Jewish king, okay? They had their own pagan gods and rituals and so forth that they bowed their knee to and that they worship. So there's some mystery that, you know, as students of the word, we should be questioning, like, what's, what's going on here? Why did these wise men... Uh, know to come to Israel, to Bethlehem, to find a Jewish king, and that he was worthy of being worshipped. It's one thing to say, hey, I heard a new king was born. We want to have good relationships with you guys. So, hey, we're just going to send a gift to say welcome to the new king, the prince, or whatever. That's, that's common to happen from one kingdom to a next. But to come and say we are bowing down, we want to find him in order to worship him, that says, okay, wait a minute. They recognize that he's more than a king. They recognize that there's divinity involved here. And how in the world is it that wise man from the east, probably Babylon, Babylonian Empire, the Chaldeans, how is it that they would know and even want to come and worship the God of Israel? In order to get the answer, we got to go back to the Old Testament. We got to check out the book of Daniel. So I'm going to go there and I'm not going to go over the entire story. We know that uh, there are people, there are Jews who are in Babylonian exile. They're exiled in Babylon. We know the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That wasn't their real names. These are their uh, uh, Babylonian names that they were given. But to summarize, the king, Nebuchadnezzar at that time, had a dream. And this dream troubled him so much that he says, bring these, my wise men to me. And I want you to see scripturally what they're called so that you understand 
where the parallel here, here is between Matthew chapter 2 and we're going to look at Daniel chapter 2. It says this in um, Daniel chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams and his spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Then the king gave, gave orders uh, to call in the magicians, the conjurers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans, which is also meant uh, to be soothsayers or priests or the astrologers, to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. So here's what took place. The king says, I had a dream that's giving me problems. I don't understand it. So I need to understand this dream. The king's wise men, pagan wise men who do pagan rituals unto, let's call it like it is, demonic spirits. Okay. They say, okay, king, listen, these guys really do have some power, right? It's like the, the, the Egyptian, you know, priest who stood before Pharaoh with Moses. Moses turned his staff into a snake. They turned their staffs into snakes also, right? So they had some power. You know, it's like Star Wars. They were operating in the dark side of, of the forest, right? So these magicians that work for King Nebuchadnezzar, these magi that work for King Nebuchadnezzar, they are tapped into some kind of power, but it's not Holy Spirit power. It's not godly power. It's demonic power. And so he brings them in and says, I need you guys to tell me what's up with this dream. And they say, okay, king, tell us the dream. And the king says, no, I'm not going to tell you my dream. You got power. You got some kind of divine understanding. You tell me my dream and you tell me the interpretation of my dream since you got some power. Nebuchadnezzar's smart, okay? This is a wise move with his wise men, okay, on Nebuchadnezzar's part because he doesn't want them to just take his dream and come up with their own kind of interpretation of it. He wants to make sure that his wise men are tapped in to a power that's going to give him the truth of what this dream was about. And his wise men say to him, his magicians, his soothsayers, his diviners, his magi, they say to him, uh, king, that's not how this works. The way this works is you tell us the dream. No, no king has ever asked anybody to tell them his own dream and to give the interpretation you've got to do your part tell us your dream then we'll do our part and we'll tell you what it means and the king literally says this no you're going to do it the way i want it done all you're doing is trying to stall for time because if you don't tell me what i need to know i'm killing all y'all i will wipe out all of the wise men in babylon and start all new wise men if you guys don't do what i need done and so they couldn't do it so now all of the wise men in Babylon are about to be executed because none of them have the power, so the king thinks, to tell him his dream and interpret his dream. But if you know the story, Daniel, when he finds out what's going on and he basically is on the chopping block and his three friends as well, he says, wait, what's going on? And it says the, the security comes in and says, hey, Daniel, I'm sorry, but... The king is really upset. None of his wise men could answer to tell him his dream and interpretive form. So he says he wants all y'all, all y'all to be executed. Daniel says, hey, just give me a little time to pray because I got I'm tapped into something that the others aren't tapped into. Give me some time to pray. Fast forward. Daniel prays with his brothers and God reveals the dream to Daniel. So here's what the other wise men could not do. They couldn't see the dream. 
Daniel saw exactly what Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, and Daniel received the interpretation to now deliver to the king. So what does Daniel do? He calls the guards. He says, hey, tell the king I need to see him. He goes before the king, and I want to read to you uh, some of this that takes place because it's just, this is where the miracle comes in, right? Or at least part of the miracle. It says this in verse, uh, let's look at verse um, 24. I'll start with 24. It says, therefore, Daniel went into uh, Ariok, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and spoke to him as follows. Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Now watch this. Do not destroy the pagan wise man of Babylon and the godly wise man like me and my three brothers. All right. Don't destroy any of us. Take me into the king's presence and I will declare the interpretation to the king. So this guard hurries, takes him to the king. He says in verse um, 26, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Verse 27, Daniel answered before the king and said, as for the mystery about which the king has inquired. Oh, I love this. This is miraculous. He says, neither wise men, nor conjurers, nor magicians, nor diviners are able to declare it to the king. He says, your whole team. None of them can do what you need done. The king's like, I know that, right? But watch this. However, verse 28, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and visions in your mind while on your bed. Verse 29, watch Daniel's humility. As for you, O king, while on your bed, your thoughts turn to what would take place in the future. And he who reveals mysteries, the God who reveals mysteries, has made known to you what will take place. But as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me more than in any other living man. But for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. Okay. So Daniel speaks with such great confidence and humility. He's like, I got it. I got the, the dream and I got the interpretation. Nobody could do for you what you wanted done. No man could do for you what you needed done, King Nebuchadnezzar, but only the God in heaven. The God in heaven is the only one who could do for you what you need done. Luckily for you, I know that God. I'm connected to that God. And so I've prayed to that God. And so it's not because of my own wisdom, strength, or understanding. No, 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 no. This isn't first and foremost about some wisdom of a man. This is about the revelation of God. This is what Daniel is expressing to the king. Then you know what he does after that? He dives in and starts telling the king piece by piece what he saw in that dream and what each thing in the dream meant. And he interprets it to the king. I won't get into the details of that, but it was so powerful that what we see happen in verse 46 is that then King Nebuchadnezzar, the king, right? Nebuchadnezzar, he's, he's over an empire, right? The king fell on his face and did homage to Daniel. Are you kidding me? I wrote the word wow in, my, in the margin of my Bible. The king fell on his face and paid homage to Daniel. 
He's a he's a, a exile. He's a young man. He's an exile who was a who was just moments away from being executed. And now King Nebuchadnezzar is bowing down before Daniel because he is so amazed at the power and the revelation that's operating in and through Daniel. And he gave orders to present to him an offering of frankincense, excuse me, fragrant incense, (laughs) close enough, fragrant incense. Verse 47, then king, the king answered Daniel and said, surely your God is a God of gods. You got that right, Nebuchadnezzar. And the Lord of kings, hmm, and a revealer of mysteries. Don't this is I'm gonna read this again. Verse 47. The king answered Daniel and said, Surely your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings. What do we see in Matthew? A king is born and a revealer of mysteries. These wise men come from the east. A mystery has been revealed to them since you have been able to reveal this mystery. Verse 48. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Did you catch that? Daniel, because of his connection to God, because of his humility to pray to God, receive the revelation from God and give the interpretation to the king, he's been blessed, he's been promoted, and he has now been a man of God. The prophet Daniel has now been giving authority over all of the wise men in Babylon, which is east of Israel. And Daniel made a request of the king that he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the administration of the province. So not only did Daniel get promoted, his boys got promoted with him as well. Here's our revelation. How is it that hundreds of years later, wise men from the east knew that a Jewish king would be born and that he was worthy of them making the trip to not only give him gifts and treasures, but also to bow down and worship him. The answer is in the story that we just read with Daniel. Because one of the things, Daniel didn't just interpret, uh, uh, reveal a dream and interpret the dream for King Nebuchadnezzar, which is a pretty powerful thing all in of itself. And man, that, that's a whole nother teaching to get into what that dream reveals. But all of the wise men were about to be killed. They were about to be executed. Can you imagine, just imagine for a moment that, I don't know, 10 of the pagan wise men were standing there, fingers crossed, when Daniel comes in, because all of a sudden, they might look at Daniel as his friends previous to this as, you foreigners, you young kids, you don't know nothing, we're the ones with power, we're the ones, you know, that do all these, you know, uh, uh, tricks and things like this and give the king interpretation, all of this, but they were stomped when The king said, tell me my dream first and then tell me the interpretation. You see, the gods that they pray to can't do that. But in comes Daniel and Daniel serves a different God. Daniel serves, as as Nebuchadnezzar said, you serve the God of gods, the Lord of kings. And so Daniel taps into that power, the highest power, the highest authority. And Daniel, what does Daniel do? Not only does he reveal the dream and give the interpretation, he saves the lives of all the wise men. 
He didn't just save himself and his three friends. All of the wise men were spared and they were brought under the authority of Daniel. So the question is this. This is how you study scripture. See, sometimes scripture doesn't give you an answer in just, you know, just just objective black and white. You've got to dig. You've got to study. You've got to use some practical logic and read between the lines and inference. And what is our inference? Our inference is this. Daniel is over all the wise men for several years. This miracle that just took place where these wise men, their lives have been saved by this Jewish this, this Jewish boy that was in exile. If you're a wise man who was a pagan prior to Daniel, what are you going to do when Daniel holds his weekly wise man meetings? You're going to listen. You're going to listen to the man who saved your life. You're going to listen to the man whose ability to tap into his God was so powerful that he was able to reveal to the king his own dream and the interpretation, and it had such a powerful impact on the king that the king who was about to have you executed was so moved by it, he bowed down and worshiped Daniel. That's the kind of thing that carries on for generation after generation after generation. So what's the likely story here? The likely story of the wise men in the New Testament is that they know of a Jewish king to be born because of a Jewish prophet that saved the lives of their ancestors when they stood. Put it to you this way. The wise men who show up in Matthew chapter 2 wouldn't be alive if it was not for Daniel chapter 2 because their fathers most likely would have been executed by Nebuchadnezzar had not Daniel been tapped into the power of the one true and living God and got that dream and gave that interpretation. So the story, the most likely thing here is the story and the wisdom of Daniel is passed on to these other wise men in Babylon. Now, we don't know if they, they you know, probably still had mixtures of other pagan things that they were doing, but the power of this story of this Jewish prophet, this Jewish wise man who served a God who revealed something that saved their lives, carried on for generation to generation to the point that they knew. Because see, here's the thing. How do you look to the stars and go, okay, because this star is here and that star is here and that star is there, a Jewish king is going to be gone, is going to be born, and we got to go take them gifts and go worship him. You don't get that detail from just looking at the stars. There's got to be more of a story behind it. There's got to be more of a prophetic revelation behind it. Where did that prophetic revelation come from? It came from someone who knew God in the East. It came from a wise man in the East who taught the other wise man. Why would the pagan wise man listen to the Jewish wise man? Because his power was on display for all the kingdom of Babylon to see. And it had such a powerful and profound impact that the king himself paid homage to Daniel, blessed Daniel, promoted Daniel, and now gave him the authority. And this was, again, a wise move on Nebuchadnezzar's part. I need you to train all these other wise men because they, they, they can't do what you can do. They don't serve the God you serve. So I need you to have authority over them. Teach them what you know. That's the only plausible thing I see in scripture that gives us a reasonable, um, 
explanation as to the mystery of why these wise men show up. What does it reveal to us today? It reveals to us another dynamic miracle of the birth of Christ. It reveals that it's, it's prophetic. It's the fulfillment of prophecy. It reveals that God's not finished yet. It reveals that as history unfolds, God's story, history, his story is unfolding exactly as he wants it to. And we can have confidence that God is speaking to people all over the world. He's demonstrating his power, his might. There are things that God has spoken and done not just last year and last decades, but last hundreds of years that are still impacting the moment that we are living today as we are coming close to the close of 2023 and about to enter into 2024. So let me say to you, be encouraged, be inspired. You can have great hope in your faith because there is a God of wisdom. I love the way Nebuchadnezzar put it. Your God is a God of gods. It was big G God over little G gods. There is, Isaiah said it this way, you are the Lord, you are God, there is no other. Truly, there are no other gods. Anything, anyone else that presents themselves as a God is a lie. It's a deception. There's one true and living God. It's the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the, it's the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the birth of Christ is an eternal miracle. And so... I want to encourage you as you celebrate Christmas, whether you're with family, whether you're with friends, whether you're alone, whether you're watching YouTube by yourself and you don't have or you listen to this podcast and you don't have family and friends to be with, let me encourage you. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Let me make it personal. He's Emmanuel, God with you. You are not alone. The God of heaven and earth is with you. And I pray that he reveals mysteries to you. I pray that he does miracles in your life and on your behalf. And I pray that this Christmas you are encouraged to know that you are playing a part in a greater story. And your part is to not only know the God of gods, the Lord of kings, but to know him, walk with him, and to spread that message to other people. Because the only hope for this world is Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection. It's the gospel. It's the hope that this world desperately needs. That's why this channel exists. This podcast exists to spread this hope, to spread this light in a dark place because God's not finished yet. And I'm honored to be a part of it. Merry Christmas to you and your family. God bless you. I've got a lot of uh, things that I'm going to do in this next week before the end of the year. And I invite you to subscribe, like, let's be a part of something bigger than ourselves and be a part of worshiping, learning, and serving the great King of King and King of Kings and Lord of Lords all for his glory and for his honor. God bless you. And remember, God is here. He knows and he is able.